Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. That person did forgot my fries at Burger King. They're a narcissist. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. My goodness. I don't know why you always complain about how hard it is to raise kids. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. I am also a crazy maker to people because I am a chaos muppet. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. This is just so easy for you, isn't it? Hey, everybody, welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And today we are talking about crazy makers. Oh, this is a throwback for me, crazy makers. I first learned about these as a very young person. And so I'm circling back again from a different perspective. I look forward to this. The term crazy maker was coined by Julia Cameron in her book, The Artist's Way, which we were discussing recently, and I just gifted to my sister-in-law, still in publication. Yeah. It is a book about kind of finding your artistic self. Yeah, like she sort of argues like everybody has a creative self, right? And you're whole once you're honoring the creative part of yourself. Yeah. And you're not when you're not. That's her point. Part of the book, and this is a part that you remembered, and Erica, who works with us, remembered, and I had completely forgot about that she uses this term crazy makers in it. Yes. Here is what she says. Crazy makers are those personalities that create storm centers. They are often charismatic, frequently charming, highly inventive, and powerfully persuasive, and enormously destructive. (laughs) She says crazy makers can turn up anywhere. They can be your spouse, your child, your neighbor, your boss. If you are involved with a crazy maker, you probably know it. Yeah. So I read this. This book came out in the mid 90s and I read it. At, I was at the time just out of college and uh, immediately recognized that the person I was working for was a crazy maker and that I probably needed to do something about that. But I didn't really put two and two together until I read this. I like the line, if you were involved with a crazy maker, you probably know it. If I say to you, name three crazy makers in your life, I'm not going to say that to you because I know you don't want to publicly name three crazy makers. (laughs) If I say to the audience, think of three crazy makers in your life, you can do it. Like most people can say, okay, yes, these three people I know, and they may be close to you. They may be distant from you. I mean... Close in crazy makers probably make you a little bit more crazy, but there's also people, you know, who you interact with very rarely who are also crazy makers. 
Right. And I would argue that there are times like, you know, when we're late leaving for the airport, I might be the crazy maker and the rest of my family's. Well, this is something we're going to talk a lot about, about Amy, is the idea. There is an awesome scene. I know we were just saying, we were just talking offline about succession. You're not a succession watcher. No, no, but I should be. I know. There's an amazing scene in succession that I have picked up this phrase in my own life where the super, they're all horrible people in succession, which kind of famous for three children, the oldest child who is like an insane, I don't even know what his diagnosis is. Let's just say narcissist because that's the term everyone likes. And he's going through life and this, he hires this advisor. Oh my God, she's the best. She's the best, the most wonderful advisor. And she comes in and she's advising them. And then she kind of tries to point out to him that something he's doing is terrible. And then someone's like, where's your advisor? And he goes, we're not working with her anymore. She turned out to be a toxic person. (laughs) And it's just such a great summation of like the term crazy maker, a crazy maker is in the eye of the beholder. So it's possible that the crazy makers out there are thinking of us as their crazy makers. It's not necessarily clear. Although I just was thinking about this airport example, like actually I'm not going with by Julia Cameron's example. And we should unpack as she describes it in such perfect detail. But like when we're late for the airport and I'm like, we have to go, we have to go. And I'm stressed that we're going to maybe miss our flight. The, the crazy maker in that situation is the chaos maker, not the annoying person, but the person who's creating chaos where you've tried to create order. The crazy maker is a person who puts their socks on top of your recording equipment. That's a crazy maker. That's a crazy maker. But I would say I have some overall pushback to that idea as a bit of a chaos person. I also want to bring in the idea, which I love of the chaos Muppet and the order Muppet. Are you familiar with Muppet theory? Yeah, it's only for you having talked about it. It's a little known, poorly understood philosophy that holds that every living human can be classified according to one simple metric. Everyone is either a chaos Muppet or an order Muppet. And did Dahlia Lithwick invent this or did she just circle it? She wrote about it for Slate, but I do not believe she invented it. I think it's something that kind of cropped up in the Twitterverse of the 2010s, I believe. Yeah, okay. All right. Chaos Muppets are out of control, emotional, volatile. They tend to be blue and fuzzy. They make their way through life in a swirling maelstrom of food crumbs, small flaming objects, and the letter C. Cookie Monster, Ernie, Grover, Gonzo, Dr. Bunsen, Honeydew, and Animal are all chaos Muppets. Okay. She says Zelda Fitzgerald was a chaos Muppet. Then you have on the other side, Order Muppets. I'm thinking about Bert, Scooter, Sam the Eagle, Kermit the Frog, and the blue guy who is perennially harassed by Grover at restaurants. I don't even know that character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Grover character in Sesame Street, he's waiting on a, it's just a long suffering customer in a restaurant with the worst waiter ever who is Grover. Okay, so Grover is the chaos Muppet. And a lot of the dynamics in the Muppet universe are order Muppets versus chaos Muppets. Sure. Every SNL sketch, every, right, every human interaction has a chaos Muppet and an order Muppet. So Dahlia Lithwick, writing about this for Slate, says your first grade teacher was probably an order Muppet. They sometimes resent the responsibility of the world weighing on their felt shoulders, but they secretly revel in the knowledge that they keep the show running. But there's times when this is okay, right? Like every toddler is a chaos Muppet and every parent is an order Muppet. Like that's how that paradigm is supposed to go. 
And then crazy maker is when it's like a problem. Crazy maker is when you can't get your work done. Well, this is a question. And I think that I think of when I started thinking about this, I thought I am a chaos Muppet by default. And I am also a crazy maker to people because I am a chaos Muppet. But does it not count that order Muppets are my crazy makers? Like it's crazy makers only go one direction. Crazy makers. Well, Julia Cameron would say that a crazy maker is undercutting you achieving what you want in your life. A crazy maker is the examples she gives are like the in-law who calls you you know, the week before the wedding and says, well, you know, they told me that they weren't sure that you should be in the wedding unless you lost some weight. But I told them that that wouldn't be nice. Like a triangulator is a crazy maker, a person who makes you late for the wedding because they forgot their shoes. That's a crazy maker. I mean, there can be like adorably disorganized and there can be, do you secretly have- Crazy maker. Toxic people, basically. Right. Do you secretly have an or in to make- me not be able to do what I need to do, crazy maker. Right. This is the famous person in my family who would approach people at family reunions and say, Amy, I really like you. I don't know why the others say that stuff about you. Right. That's a crazy maker. That's right. They're otherwise known as like a pot stirrer or somebody who is, they're specifically, it's not a clash of personalities. It's not just Chaos Muppet versus Order Muppet. It is a person who is trying to sow seeds of chaos. It's not personality uh, mismatches. Right. And they don't mean to, but like I'm thinking of an example of, it was probably a year ago, I was working on um, a deadline for the podcast. Like we were recording in an hour and I had to do this. And somebody called me and said, just so you know, something we were working on together, like a mom volunteer thing, just so you know. Daphne, not her real name, Daphne is just devastated that she hasn't been able to participate in the way she wanted this year. But she said, if you leave some postcards at your front door, she'll come get them and she'll hand them out. I'm like, well, I can't do that to him. But she just, she feels so bad, but she has some time this afternoon. So if you could please stop what you're doing, right? And find these postcards and get them from somebody else and leave them. She lives in an apartment building and you, your apartment building is a doorman. So if you could leave them with your doorman. So I stop what I'm doing with 45 minutes until something is due to get the postcards with my doorman so Daphne can pick them up because it really needs to happen right now. And do you think Daphne came to pick up the postcards that day or ever? No. And it's not Daphne who's a crazy maker. It's a person who called me is like, Daphne's very upset. And so you really need to stop what you're doing to do something for me. And I'm the full participant dum-dum who's like, oh, okay. Who doesn't say, not today. Sorry. It says like, okay, fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. Just give me a minute. I'll do it. So it, it does take two to tango with a crazy maker. Well, yes. And spoiler alert, like that is where we're probably heading in this is that it does take two to tango. But I think that in that we are trying to raise our kids to be good citizens and good people and people who are accommodating of others needs in a thoughtful and careful way, we leave them vulnerable to crazy makers in a certain way. Like I think that the fact that we were raised to be polite people who hopefully were helpers, that you have to really beware the crazy maker because I think that there are a lot of people 
And I mean, you hear this all the time, right? Like, oh, being called difficult is really just trying to be professional in a setting. Like, I think that women and like women who are trying to be helpful or maybe tipping in a little bit to pleasers are exceptionally vulnerable to crazy makers because the crazy maker tends to tell the story of it will be your fault when you devastate me if I don't get, if you don't do this for me today. Like somehow this person's problem is your responsibility and getting roped into that. Right. You've planned an outing. You've planned a a little boat trip this afternoon and the crazy maker has a headache. So now nobody will be able to go on the boat trip somehow that that becomes not only can you not go, nobody can go. That's a crazy maker. Right. Or you've planned something and then the crazy maker is sort of saying like, oh, you must have forgotten that it's the special day where we were supposed to do something else. And it's like, well, (laughs) we had a hundred conversations about why am I only hearing about special day right now? Let's talk about three top types of crazy makers, Amy. This is an article from Psychology Today, how to handle a crazy maker. And they list these three top types of crazy makers. Narcissists. I feel like this is a word that has become like she's a toxic person. Like it's people way overuse it. A little bit of like everyone, like that person did forgot my fries at Burger King. They're a narcissist. Like, okay, that's not, it just becomes a term for like someone you don't like. A jerk is basically a narcissist. Right. And the real definition is much more narrow. Much more narrow. Here is their definition of a narcissist. They often have disdain for emotions in others, often think less of people close to them, They try to control everyone around them and will use every available tactic to gain control. Mm -hmm. Their needs are paramount. Everyone else's needs are secondary and they are high control people. Yes. Trying to control the way that you behave. And that is informed to some degree by seeing you as a lesser person. Yes. That's somebody that they can use. And I'm thinking of, I was in the orbit of a very exciting very well-known person for a while and they want you in their orbit and it's exciting to be in their orbit. And then all of a sudden you're like running to get their mocha latte for them. And you realize you've somehow become like an unpaid personal assistant or something. And then once you try to put some boundaries in that, they just move on to the next person. Yeah, that sounds familiar. That tracks as the kids say. Mm -hmm. Second type is the drama cultivator best known for their perpetual crises. They don't empathize with others because they are too wrapped up in their own chaos. They need you and your energy, don't want you to leave them, so they go to great lengths to keep your attention. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift has a song called Mirrorball, and it's about, she's like- uh, A drama cultivator? I'm on the high wire trying to get you looking at me like it's like she's a drama cultivator in this song, you know, like Uh I have to perpetuate lots of stories and excitement around what's going on with me. And that is how we connect. Mm -hmm. The person who might show up at your kid's birthday party and be like, how are you? Like, well, let me tell you, not great. Right. And all of a sudden you're out in the yard talking to the drama cultivator at your own kid's birthday party. Yes, exactly, exactly. Third type, stealth bomber. This is the martyr that likes to keep score. Okay. Just when you think everything is okay, they get you. Their MO is to sabotage you while they look innocent. Wow, I need an example of this. Well, I think it's very much, I'll do it, Amy. Don't worry about it. I'll do it, Amy. Amy, I always do everything and you never do anything, right? Like it's that, you know, it's no problem at all. 
Amy is just a user, you know, like it's that kind of dynamic. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. I think I've known a stealth bomber or two. Yeah. I think there's probably more, even more types of crazy makers. And then the crazy makers have tactics. All right. So we're going to take a break and then we're going to learn about the crazy makers tactics. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to seeing optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate? Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H.com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off 
your order of Hero Bread. So I struggled a little bit with the crazy maker definitions, and I think the tactics are very, very familiar. Okay. All right. Tactic number one, the double bind. I want you to have fun. I want you to go and have fun. I'll just be here all by myself. Yes. Right? Like there's no win situation. Yes. So in my own situation, I was working as a personal assistant for a well-known actor for a couple of years. And I started to get auditions of my own. This is back when I was acting. And I was asked to put aside my own auditions so that I could help this actor prepare for their auditions because their auditions were for, you know, something real and mine were just for like some little thing I was never going to get anyway. So couldn't I see that it was much more important for me to not go to my auditions so I could get them ready for their audition. And again, I fully was like, you're so right. This is my job. Your audition is more important. Yeah. Pleaser plus narcissist. Bad combination. Yeah. This is one I very much related. This is my kryptonite. Inconsistent praise. You will love this, Amy, because there's a scientific explanation for it. Inconsistent praise tends to elicit desired behavior the most. Animal researchers have discovered the best way to train an animal is with inconsistent praise. Gambling. This is what makes gambling addictive because it's inconsistent rewards. Someone who praises you all the time is not interesting to you. Someone who never praises you is not interesting to you. Someone who praises you inconsistently is extremely interesting to you. Right. Like it's like a slot machine that is going to work this time. I always say I'm a sucker for the hard to please authority figure. Like Simon Cowell, that's my kryptonite. Like, yes, yes, yes. uh, I am the only one who pleases the inconsistent praiser. That is my kryptonite. Yes. Most acting teachers are inconsistent praisers. It's this is every acting teacher you've ever met. Every male acting teacher, I would say you've ever met, which is like, Amy, you are beauty itself and God's gift to acting. And then it's like, oh. You know nothing about acting. You know, it's like the addiction of that. It's so... I had a female acting teacher, actually, who was very stingy with her praise. And I finally did an acting exercise well. And this was like beginning acting, which is like stand there and breathe, you know, be a cow, whatever, like trying to not fail at the most simple exercises. And I forget what it was. I just remember the feeling of like, I nailed that. I did it so well. And she came up and she looked at me and said, this is just so easy for you, isn't it? <laughs> it was like the most like unpraisy praise. Like I had done it well and now she was mad at me that I'd done it well. It was too easy for me. Well, we talk about too, like we want the dental hygienist to be like, wow, you have the cleanest teeth I've ever seen. It's like, yes, gold star for me. I have the cleanest teeth. I sat the stillest during my blood draw. Like everything is like, you know, we're praise seekers Which can be fine, but it can be a problem if we run into someone who uses that as a tool. Mm -hmm. Another tactic is selective memory. Conveniently forget any problems you've had with them when they want something. Throw everything you've ever done wrong when you're in trouble. (laughs) My crazy maker, I mean, not all crazy makers have to do all of these things, right? They're just like, they're just arrows in your quiver. No, 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 absolutely. These are just arrows in the quiver. Arrows. That's well said. Okay. They don't empathize. So empathy is a developed trait. So developmentally, we've talked plenty about it, that like kids develop empathy at a certain point. And I think that crazy makers lacking empathy is, it's a given. That that tends to go along with the narcissism and that genre. Okay. I was wondering, 
because we've talked so much about low power strategies of dominance with kids, like a kid who throws a tantrum, like that's a low power strategy of dominance. And it kind of, a lot of these kind of reminded me of that. It's like people who are very desperate for control, like they don't trust in the like normal strengths of a friendship. And so they kind of go for these strategies of closeness and dominance because they somehow don't trust like the bond. I remember when I was dating my now husband, he had been married before and he said on a date, like, I just don't really understand what we need from each other, like what you need from me. And I said, that's good. That's a normal relationship. Like the lock and key thing of like, I can't survive without you. That's a very immature relationship, like a mm. a side by side relationship. You know, you and I have a friendship and a partnership, but like, I don't keep track of you. I don't know what you're doing most of the time. You know, I'm right. not, we're not enmeshed at all. So it involves quite a bit of trust yes. that like, I don't lose sight of you and think like, oh my God, what if Amy's thinking about quitting the podcast? I have to like constantly like trick her into still doing the podcast. I just figure like, okay, we'll both keep doing the podcast until one of us doesn't want to do the podcast anymore. Right. But that takes a level of like calm that I think people are lacking. You know, I was working before I was doing this podcast, I was working with a writer on some stuff, two writers, a writer that then was like, I'm gonna bring my friend, we're all gonna write this comedy together. Like, okay, I'll do this. I wanted something to collaborate on. And this had this gift from the universe hadn't occurred yet. But anyway, these I was working with two guys, one of whom had kids who were older than mine, and one of whom didn't have kids at all. And the it was the guy who didn't have kids at all. Like if we were gonna meet at two o'clock at a diner or whatever, He'd walk in at 2.45 and then be like, I have to leave by 3.30. Like he came late and left early to every meeting we had. He wasn't out to ruin my life, but he was definitely a crazy maker. And eventually I had to be like, I can't work with you guys anymore because I hired a babysitter to be here at two o'clock. And then you walked in 45 minutes late and you have to leave half an hour early. And then it's going to happen again next time. I was also paying the bill rather more often than some other people. And anyway, it wasn't like this guy like woke up in the morning like, ha, 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 I'm going to totally do everything I can to put this person at the end of their rope. But it just was somebody who I think wasn't mature enough to consider the group. And so we're in the service of that. I definitely in looking at all this stuff, I thought, wow, that reminds me a lot of a lot of my relationships when I was young. And I do think that there's a certain insecurity at the base of these kind of relationships. My One of my closest friends to this day, he and I became friends in college and we would go to the movies. That was what we did together. And he would come meet me and we were in New York City. Often it was cold or raining or whatever. And I would say, let's meet at 2.15 at corner of, you know, Lex and and then we'll walk to the movie theater. And I would show up at 2.12 and he would show up at 2.35. And I said, you can't be late. It's very rude. It's very disrespectful. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just disorganized. Like, that's my thing. And then I started to stop waiting. I would just go to the movie by myself. And it was before cell phones. And sometimes he would come to the movie and be like, you're here. What happened? I said, I said, I'd meet you at the corner at 2.15. I waited until 2.20, 2.25 and I left. And he still talks about that. Like you left. And it's like, yeah, because I, I, what's my other option to do this a thousand times? And I do think that there's a an interdependency to the crazy maker that is like, on the one hand, this person is showing up 45 minutes late. On the other hand, you're letting them. 
you're not leaving and you're not saying, I don't want to do this anymore. You're you're doing the dance with the crazy maker. And I think when you're younger, this often feels very thrilling. And my mother said this, my mother was a therapist, she's died now, but she would talk about this. And it it's one of those things that made such a strong impression on me. She would say about people, well, they fight because they don't trust closeness unless they're fighting. That like fighting is closer than not speaking. And fighting is closer than a peaceful relationship. Like you and I have a close relationship but if we're in a fight, we're in a closer relationship. Like I'm saying to other people, Amy's such a jerk. And you know, do you know what Amy did? And it's like, we are bound very tightly by fighting in a way that the, a kind of peaceful interaction, like how's Amy? Oh, I think she's pretty good. I haven't talked to her in a little while, but I think she's great. We'll record next week. I'll see how she is then. It's like, I do think that there's an insecurity at the base of the crazy maker relationship that, that pulls people tight together. Yeah, there's like a dopamine fix. And if you're in the fight with the person, that's more interesting than, oh, I don't know, like, not much to talk about. <laughs> Let's just sit here in peaceable silence. If you're not somebody that feeds then. Yeah. And I, as a young person, I was very, very addicted to the relationship of I am the person who this person who doesn't like anybody likes. Like I found that to be the most exciting place to be that I was the person who the person who doesn't like anybody likes. <laughs> you know, that like I was the singer that Simon Cowell said, you're a really, really good singer. Like uh, that, and in relationships, you know, I tended to date people who were difficult. Who didn't have a lot of, right, and, who didn't have other relationships because you would like, you would unlock the secret. Didn't have functional relations. I mean, right, nobody writes love songs that are like, we got along pretty well after we met on eHarmony and then we got married and we don't fight that much and it's pretty good. Like, that's not a love song. Like, the love song is like, I found you broken in a million pieces and I put you back together. And, and like, the problem is you're talking about a crazy maker at the end of the day. It's very 90s. You know, I was looking at the artist's way and what she had to say about crazy makers and like, why are these crazy makers in our lives? Like, uh -huh, I thought, well, like, our crazy makers are in our lives because they were related to them or because we work for them, right? Or because our, we live next door to one or whatever. Like sometimes they're just assigned to you. But there was a very 90s sort of thing, I think. I've been thinking about this a lot recently. It's like, well, the, you have a crazy maker in your life because you secretly want a crazy maker in your life. Like you like, in Julia Cameron's case, she was like, you, you want to be blocked creatively. You think you don't, but you really do. You really want to be broken. And so you're making, you have this person in place to make sure you'll never succeed. And if you're going to get around that, you need to wonder why you like to have people who keep you from creating things. I think the answer might be a little bit more simple, which is just to say, I'm going to leave because you're 10 minutes late. I think sometimes and not always. I definitely think that creativeness is, takes a huge amount of daring and putting blocks in between yourself and success is something that people do because they're afraid to say, I am actually just putting myself out here because I think I'm talented and I want other people to see that. It's a hard thing to say. And so I do understand. Right. Or like there was nothing in my way. There was nothing in my way and I still didn't do it instead of I could have been a contender, right? It's more be, it'd be easier to say that. That being said, I think there's also plenty of times where you have a crazy maker in your life because it is someone who you are forced together with who is trying to make you crazy because they are fundamentally trying to undermine you because they don't like the position in your life. And I think this is why one crazy maker that a lot of people think of is someone like a mother-in-law. Right. Because 
that spot, this is not my mother-in-law, this is not Amy's mother-in-law. We are both lucky to have fantastic mother-in-laws. But in general, I think that spot is a spot where like, that used to be her job. Now it's your job. And so you both are kind of sometimes trying to undermine each other to prove that you are the person who really belongs in that job. Mm -hmm. And therefore- your mother-in-law becomes crazy maker to you. Like, oh, I guess if you want to do it that way, that's fine. I guess if that's the way you want to do it, pause, pause, pause. That's certainly not the way we used to do it. That's certainly not the right way to do it. That crazy maker behavior comes from trying to block you. Similarly, your actor boss is saying to you, well, your audition is not as important as my audition because of course they're secretly fearful that you're going to get a job and leave. Right. Like there's a reason my mother would always say, nobody does anything for no reason. Right. People do things because they work, right? People are in relationships with other people because it's familiar to them. It doesn't mean it's good, but it is serving them in some very fundamental way. And the crazy maker is having selective memory and giving inconsistent praise for a very specific reason, which is that they want to hold you close and they don't know how otherwise, mm. or they want to defend their spot from you. Right. That makes a lot of sense. All right. We're going to be back with our favorite solutions to crazy makers after this. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health, and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. So I have been taking my Nutrafol regularly and oh my goodness, it works. Friends, I'm here to say, ditto, it works. I mean, most of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. And yes, it's perfectly normal. But if you also see your part getting a little wider, join the over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow based on your age, your lifestyle factors, because a one-size-fits-all approach to hair products is impractical. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth by targeting key root causes of thinning like stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LAUGHING. 
Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LAUGHING. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LAUGHING. And now, translating your mother-in-law from the What Fresh Hell podcast. She says the kids were angels after babysitting. She means, my goodness, I don't know why you always complain about how hard it is to raise kids. I fed them a huge bowl of ice cream every time they cried and bought them $100 worth of new toys. And we had such an easy day. She says, did I just call you Diane? My bad. He used to date a girl named Diane. She means, I like Diane. I always dreamed it would work out for him and Diane. You, not as great as Diane. She says, I totally respect your rules. We will abide by your guidelines at all times. She means, this eight-page document you have handed me about how to care for a baby is bonkers and also vaguely insulting. I will pretend to read it carefully in order to appease you, but then I'll just do exactly what I did with the six children I successfully raised to adulthood. But thanks for the suggestions. She says, I love that you play with your kids and don't let yourself get bogged down with all the little details. She means, your house is an appalling mess and your cooking is an embarrassment. She says, don't you look nice today? She means, I see you've taken off your sweatpants and at least attempted to do something with your hair. How nice for us all. She says, I cherished every single day with my babies. I enjoyed every single second of their amazing childhoods. She means, it's been 30 years since I had a baby in the house and I have completely blocked out the reality of what that experience actually involved. This has been Translating Your Mother-in-Law. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Amy, let's talk about strategies for dealing with crazy makers. Okay, because they're tricky. Like what you think might work doesn't always work. Yeah, I mean, I'll start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. I mean, I think that crazy makers draw you into a world that they define. And so recognizing that is very important. That if I say to you like, oh, Amy, but everyone will be heartbroken if you don't bring the thing. The party will be ruined if you don't bring the elaborate dessert. Creamed onions. <laughs> right. The cream don- the cream white onions. This is a reference to my grandmother once said to my mother years and years and years ago, it's not Thanksgiving if there's not cream white onions. And so my mother in the Thanksgiving preparations took a great deal of time out and made cream white onions which are very annoying to make. And then my dad passed them to my grandmother who said, oh, I don't like them, thanks. So you're in that situation. (laughs) Right, like letting, the spoiler is that letting the crazy maker define the situation is where it starts to go off the rails. When you say to somebody like, well, Amy, the party will be ruined if you don't bring your eight layer casserole dip. Maybe, maybe not. Like that's letting that person define. But the answer is not like, Why? I don't think anybody likes that dip. The answer is like, oh, I just don't make it as well as you do or something like that. Like, is there a way to get out of it that's still... I think either one. I think there are many strategies, but I think the big picture is recognizing the moment where things are being defined by somebody as factual in a way that may or may not be true. Right. Like, I have to bring the postcards downstairs right now in the next 45 minutes because... Daphne's devastated, which, yeah. Like that. Or 
everyone's Christmas will be ruined if you don't come. My Christmas won't be ruined. My Christmas is going to be better if I don't come. So it's not true that everyone's Christmas. <laughs> and also, who are you speaking for? Do those people, like we take these things at total face value as facts. It will be ruined if you are not there is a statement that is just someone else's truth. It is not the truth. Okay. Take an observer's point of view. This is from Psychology Today. Something about detaching and seeing a crazy maker from an observer point of view that helps you not get engaged in the mess. This is sort of what we're talking about is saying, is this statement that the crazy maker is making true? If you don't do this, everything we've done up to this point will be for nothing. Amy, if you quit the podcast today, everything we've done on the podcast will have been for nothing. Mm -hmm. That's a very strong and a very upsetting statement, but it's not the truth. I'm thinking like it's time to leave for the airport. It's time for the crazy maker to leave for the airport and they can't find their passport and they're turning the house upside down and they might miss their flight. But where I can, I think sometimes lose a little bit of boundaries is, but I'm not missing the flight. Like they might miss their flight and that would be bad for this other person. But you can see it from an observational point of view. It isn't the last plane to ever fly and it isn't you. I can get enmeshed and feel like them finding them their passport so they can make the flight is as important to me as it is to the crazy maker. For sure. And I think that letting other people define the world is where we go terribly wrong. I know somebody who was married to a troubled person for a very long time, and this person made their own choices, and the person they were married to ended up living a life that said, that person ruined my life. And in their own choices and their own, you know, bad decisions were never addressed. It was that this other person had ruined their life. And it, I think for people who are generally decent people, we were talking about this in, in something else, that like, that hurts your feelings because that person is trying to hurt your feelings, not because you're a weak person. And, you know, if somebody says to you, like, Amy, you're a bad mom, I don't care who says that to you, it's going to hurt your feelings. It's a hurtful thing to say. It hurts your feelings because that's the point of it. And I think it makes you crazy because that's the point of it. And it pulls you in because it's very loaded. It's not because you're foolish and naive and susceptible and manipulatable. It works because it's designed to work. Mm -hmm. But the way out is not, I will eventually convince this person that I still am a good daughter, even if I don't come for Christmas this year. Not your job. Right. That you don't have to finish. <laughs> that won't happen because that's what's going to keep you coming back for more. Another option, keep a healthy distance. This can be really good with quicksand that you keep falling in again and again and again is to say, I need to see this person less. Because listen, people who are good at making you crazy are good at it. And they're, they enjoy it. And so you, I do think at some point distance is the only option is to say, I'm going to interact less because we're talking about strategies, taking it from an observer's point of view. It's easier to do if you only have to do it twice a year. Mm -hmm. It's harder to do if you're doing it eight days a week. You know, it's just when you're the person who, this is a person chipping away at your truths and your knowledge. And so once a year, I can step back and say, I'm going to listen to somebody say, I've ruined everything by not being here more often, but I'm not going to come more often. 
I'm just going to have to, I can put my armor on once a year and get through this. But if it's every single day, it's going to break me down in a way that's not healthy for me. Yeah. And then the other two suggestions, which I think are decent, but they're kind of like, yeah, and also like learn to fly, maintain a healthy sense of self-worth and cultivate internal validation. Yes, but easier said than done. Like, Yeah. Do yoga first, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that some of this is age. Like I am really not as, subs- I was very susceptible to crazy makers as a young person. Yes. If someone said to me, it's your fault that I'm unhappy. I'd be like, okay, life, I have to get off. I have to stop everything. This person is unhappy because I've made them unhappy. Yes. Everything has to stop until I've fixed that because that's unacceptable. And I do think I'm much better at saying, you know, try not to get into like, I'm sorry you feel that way because it's some of the phrases are kind of tells. But I do think that taking what I find to work the best with crazy makers is taking everything at exactly face value because it kind of robs the power of the manipulation. So, but Christmas will be ruined if we're not there. Oh, that is going to be really, really hard. And I'm sorry. Anyway, we'll be there next Christmas, but Christmas, I'm sorry that Christmas will be ruined for you all. That is hard and sad, but we'll be there next time. Yeah. But not like, no, we can fix it. No, we can this. No, it, no, it won't be ruined. Right, right, right. I'm sorry that for you, that is going to be your experience of the holiday. I'm sorry that the party is going to be ruined if I don't bring my dip. But, you know, I'll come. We'll try to make the best of it. But yeah, that is, that's too bad. <gasps> I like that. You just kind of take everything at face value and you don't get sucked into the madness. Julia Cameron says here, because you were talking about like, what does this mean to cultivate your inner self? She says you can slowly expand, soothe and mend yourself. Again, I'm not sure it starts with like, I'm so broken and that's why I have a crazy maker. Like sometimes your boss is a crazy maker, but it's a slow expansion, right? It's a slow, like I'm going to take up space when your boss tells you this has to be done in 15 minutes, it takes 20 and then you tell them they can have it by the end of the day. And then you tell them you're not gonna really get to it till next week. It's a slow process of setting boundaries and pushing them out a little bit at a time. And it is a dance that involves two partners. That's the thing. I mean, it's a jack in the box and you wind it up and it pops. And so you do have a locus of control within it, which is not popping anymore for the crazy maker. And I think that it can, certain people can still make you crazy and you can go on the drive home and be like, well, that, oh, I just was fuming the whole time that that person was trying to blame me for everything that went wrong, even though I had nothing to do with it or whatever. But in the situation, if you stop reacting, the behavior will stop or they'll find somebody else. Like, Right. It'll probably get more intense first and then eventually it would move to somebody else. Absolutely. And I wanted to highlight this term. Do you know the term gray rocking? No, I hadn't heard this before. It's a very, they talk about it a lot when dealing with like borderline personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, that again, going no contact is more engaged in a way than gray rocking. They're trying to find this middle ground where it's like, we're not speaking. That is an engagement. Like not speaking is another form of engagement because it implies that there's going to be an end to it. We're in a fight. And that gray rocking 
is a strategy. This is from psychcentral.com. It's a strategy for protecting yourself from abusive or toxic friends, partners, coworkers, or family members. This method theorizes that when dealing with an emotionally abusive or narcissistic person, withholding your reactions can put a stop to their behaviors. If you show no emotion, they won't get the thrill of enjoyment out of their harmful behavior. This is, it's important to underscore sometimes not safe to do, not safe to do in an abusive situation because the person might double their efforts. But we, as I say, that we double their efforts. This makes it sound like if you don't give them any, it sounds like a tantruming toddler. Now, some people are much more manipulative and much more used to getting what they want than that. And doing this once won't solve your problems. But doing this once might make you feel a little bit better because you're not taking on their emotional state. And I do think with the person who's like, how's it going? Oh my God, I need to talk to you. I, everybody's died. I have this and oh my God, and it's a drama and a crisis. And you're like, that does sound difficult. I can do lunch in two weeks, but I'm busy right now. And just trying to be available, unavailable. Basically, this is the equivalent of blank facing a toddler in tantrum. Mm -hmm. That like your tantrum upsets me is why the tantrum works and it keeps going on and that your chaos draws me in that to the degree that you do not get drawn in there's a million other people who will so if you can kind of gray rock and blank face it they are going to find the people who when they call are like let me drop everything yes my baby's crying but i don't care you've got a crisis and i have to run towards it with gasoline and matches right that this theory is saying like slow your roll and calm down. Mm -hmm. I will finish with Julia Cameron, the inventor of the term crazy maker. It is unlikely that you can change your crazy maker, but you can come to understand why this connection to the person is so strong for you. You can pull away, pull back into your own power and own your right to make decisions for yourself. Any intense relationship works like a mobile. You cannot move one piece without affecting the others. So while the situation may feel dire and you may feel powerless, you do hold the potential to alter it. Right. To all, and I would say to alter yourself, not to alter the crazy maker. That's not your job to make them change their ways. You can change your ways. Yeah. You can stop dancing. You can stop playing your role on the mobile. Yeah. Okay. Mobile, mobile. Okay. How do you say that? I don't know. I'm a crazy maker. <laughs> Next week, mobile or mobile. Do you know that we are on YouTube and you can see the whole version of this episode and all of our episodes? I'll just be going to youtube.com, typing in what fresh hell podcast. Go check us out. Oh, and follow us. And you subscribe on YouTube, which is free. It doesn't cost anything, but that means it'll show you our stuff and it'll help YouTube know what kind of people like this kind of content and hopefully get it in front of some new people. Yeah. And see us in the real life person while we're <laughs> chat, chat, chatting away. Hope that's not too weird. With that, people, go gray rock your crazy makers and have a good <laughs> week. So long. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence 
Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.